Hey there, this is Promise Thielon, the Chief Growth Officer of the Growth Warrior Company. Welcome to our podcast called The Warrior Cast. Thanks everyone for being here today. I am going to be speaking with an incredibly interesting entrepreneur and warrior, Fred Latassa. He is the founder, the chef, the co-creator of Strangers and Saints Restaurant in Cape Cod. We have a far-reaching conversation. You're going to love it. But we go from his years uh, running marketing for WebMD. We move into the decision to found his restaurant how he runs that restaurant, and just some general ideas about how he sees business. It's a far-reaching conversation. There are some incredible nuggets, and I'm so excited that you're here to enjoy this with me. All right, jump in. Here we go. It's a uh, tavern-style atmosphere Mm -hmm. uh, on the water here in Cape Cod, Provincetown, which sits out at the end of the world, basically. It's about 80 seats, so it's, you know, it's not small, but it's not really huge. Uh, it's Mediterranean in style, but nice. the most important thing for me and, and the team uh, was to really bring something unique and really embrace hospitality, uh, create an environment where the customer could define the experience. You know, I find so often you go into restaurants or you know, any sort of business, and the business tells you what to do, and the business tries to tell you. Um, what your experience is going to be like. And I felt, well, that just seems wrong, you know, in a world where people have lots of choices, certainly when they go out to eat. And why wouldn't you allow the customer to hmm. put the choices in terms of the customer? So, for example, in town, you know, you, you, you need a reservation, you can't eat at the bar, you can't, you can only drink, or rather, you, if you're going to sit down, you have to eat and drink. We're all these rules. Hmm. You have to and I thought, well, that just seems odd. And so at the, at the end of the day, it ended up just being a, a balance. But I think the thread through that was we were very uh, tuned into the customer needs and, and how could we deliver something unique in this environment where there's a lot of competition that, was, um, that showed the customer that we cared. Uh, and then when you, you know, as I mentioned, hospitality, but anyone, anyone can take orders Right. Um, you can go to you know any place, and that's that's not a bad thing. But anticipating someone's needs and giving to them before they ask is hospitality. Okay, I love everything you just said about hospitality and defining it as predicting, anticipating someone's needs. So I guess it has some kind of bigger picture questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does an executive in a multi-billion-dollar company mm-hmm. um, that's worth that's on, that was listed right? Mm-hmm. You, you guys had gone public. Um, now, you know, you're building something completely from scratch, literally right. like you built that building, um, or at least transform that building into what it is today. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful. So I guess, what were the challenges that you thought you were going to face going from a corporate office and having a team and assistant, having all the kind of accoutrement of, of being an executive to actually, you know, I imagine you've washed a couple dishes mm-hmm. <laughs> since you've been running yeah. strangers. And I mean, there's a lot of similarities actually, mm-hmm. I mean, or yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, at the end of the day, it's business, right? It business. It's just of a different size. Um, and so we approached it like that. So as I said earlier, we spent a lot of time writing a business plan and really thinking out the experience and and the product and the points of differentiation and who our audience was and 
and I and certainly in the restaurant industry, a lot of people on a on a smaller scale okay. don't don't do that. And so um, so we started off in a way that was sort of that reflected my past. Uh, and but then going forward, one of the things that the, I could say the number one thing that I didn't really anticipate was employees was staffing. So it was. I guess I, I, I had anticipated, you know, it's going to be the food and developing the sure. menu and the customer and this and that. And that was all sort of, I want to say straightforward, but it was sort of straightforward. It was, it was, um, it was easy, to, easy to plan for it. You knew, you sort of, you understood the playing field, right? right? You, um, you tested things, you tested recipes. There was, there was sort of an approach to that. But what I didn't anticipate, you know, so we have roughly about 40 employees Got over the summer. What I didn't anticipate was the variety of people and just by the nature of the industry you know it attracts all sorts of well one we're in a resort town right. and it's a very transient place uh and it's seasonal so we're open eight months out of the year and uh you know you have it's a restaurant you have bartenders barbacks waiters it's not in we're not in new york city and or boston or la where you're pulling from actors and writers and people who are looking for second jobs these are people who are here just to make a living. Um, and, you know, you begin to realize that people choose different paths, right? Mm. So, so it's like a, the values are different than your values were. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, coming from a, in an environment where, like WebMD, where we were attracting people from Harvard and Wharton, and, you know, <laughs> and, and not to say that they're, frankly, more educated or less educated than someone who didn't go to college at all. But it's a different sort of perspective and value set that you bring in, accountability and background and and I and I still haven't quite put my finger on it because I don't think hmm. I'm working with some really wonderful smart dedicated people who are accountable and and never went to college you know and never managed a business but they have life skills and they know how to deal with people right and I rely on them and trust them and they're well read and they're smart right um I've worked at WebMD with you know, Wharton graduates who came on the scene and thought they were really smart and knew everything, and yet they hadn't really cut their teeth on much of anything. So has that, I mean, you're an SVP at a, at a massive company that's mm-hmm. like breaking down barriers. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys were the first to really democratize content mm-hmm. around health and wellness, the first. And now everyone, of course, is doing it. And there are a bunch of businesses that have grown as a result of, of, of what you paved. But now you're in a market that I mean, restaurants are somewhat commoditized, right? I mean, it's a it's a, a tight margin business, and so when you talk about managing talent in those two different environments, like what have been some of the surprise, the pleasant surprises, well, and what have been some of the the things yeah. that have been sort of shocking to you? I mean, I think at the core to it is that smaller businesses are are like nickels and dimes, mm-hmm. right? And larger businesses <laughs> are you know tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And when you're dealing with nickels and dimes, and I don't mean that literally, but it's, but, the, yeah. but, you know, when you think of waste or frankly, it doesn't matter what your small business is, if it's because you have its labor cost, right? Uh, in our case, it's the cost of our goods, which are the food, right? Um, liquor and how all that's managed. And so, you know, an example I had to give to my staff was, you know, you think people think nothing of if something gets burnt or broken or you know, they eat something and it's, well, it's not, it's only a dollar. And I, I'm like, well, if 40 people mm. each waste a yes. dollar a day and they work six days a week and they work, you know, you just start doing the math and in a small business that can add up, you know, to five, 10,000, 
dollars, and that actually makes a difference. That's someone's salary for a couple of months. So, you know, it's it's I, I, having to put in from a small business perspective. I had to be aware of every everything, right? Every little yeah. and put in checks and balances that you might not necessarily do at a multi you know, billion, billion dollar company. company. Um, they, they exist, but that are a higher level, okay. right? I want to point out two things. I mean, yeah. you're running a, a business that within three years is doing well over a million, mm-hmm. seven months out of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's yeah. incredible. And I think what you're talking about is a theme that a lot of small businesses try to deal with, which is you and I talk about instincts a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Since I've been here at least. And one of the things that you said, and you brought it up just now is, trying to get your employees to understand the economics of the business. Right. So when you think about transparency of information, like how do you process that for your employees right. now? Yeah, so that's, I mean, it's funny because as you were saying it, I was thinking about that because I think that's in a small business, I think tra- giving your employees at any level complete transparency to the, the flow of the money, to transparency into your thinking, transparency into your challenges, mm. I think is really important. And so, for example, say why, say why, why? Yeah. Well, I, I can give you an example, which because they don't. It's it's important because you're you're all in the trenches together in a small business. It's not like you're you're hmm. all working together. And sometimes you you you'll say something or make a request or ask for something that seems out of. They're like, why, why, why? why? And they yeah. want to push back. And so one day I said, you actually don't understand what happens in the course of a day. I get, in this case, uh, notified by the town because of some ordinance that we've hmm. sort of challenged or someone was smoke. This, this is going to sound silly, but someone was smoking outside and they set a fire to the, the moss on the thing. And so our building is over 200 years old. Someone put a cigarette out and it, on the side of the building and caught the building on fire. There's just all of these different aspects to running the business yeah. that are not transparent to the people who are we're there. And then you get into like the finances or I, I, one day we broke down waste. We right. said, we said, okay, let's just say everyone does. And there is, and you know, in any business you're going to plan, we, we plan for it. There's breakage. There's, you know, there's things just happen. Right. And so, but people don't fully understand the, the implications of it. And to me, people help support what they help create. And so people, wait, let me repeat that. People help support what they help create uh, a former colleague and boss and mentor Nan um, Forte that she used to say it all the time. And I, it's like my mantra because I feel like if the team is part of the creation of the, of the product and which is, mm-hmm. which is why you need to give them transparency, they're going to support it. Right. Cause they have skin in the game. Right. So they, so we train for before every season, I have a week long boot camp where we work with, the, with all of the staff. It doesn't matter who you are. Hmm. Um, and when we have challenges or when we're going to, we're going to, introduce something new or I usually bring the team together and let's talk about it. Like let's, you know, and sometimes they're the few that don't, um, you know, they're people that just don't care, right? They don't, they're like, look, it's your business. I'm just here to make, make a paycheck mm-hmm. and I'm going to go. And, and that's disappointing and, cha- and frustrating, but that's just the reality, right? But there are some people who want to feel a part of something and they want to feel that they're contributing that they have ownership, that they, and so you have to sort of tease those people out. And so by giving transparency, including them in the decision-making, I mean, at the end of the day, I have to make the decision. You're the decider. Right. But if you, 
you know, build consensus, you give people transparency into what's going on. I mean, we, I mean, on a manager level, and we don't have that many managers, we have a dash, we, we meet once a week. Sure. I review all the financials, where we are, where we are to goal, where we were last year, you know, most of our employees actually appreciate that. So it sounds like you have kind of three touch touchstones when it comes to transparency. Mm. So one is, um, and I love the, the, the boot camp. I want to come back mm. to that, but it sounds like at the manager level, you go deep on causality, right? Mm. Like here's what, here's where we are. Here's why we're here. Here's what we have to change. So the managers are empowered with that data. And it sounds like at the employee level, you make the cost of certain decisions really clear to them and really personal to them. Like, here's yeah. how this affects you. And then it sounds like at a higher level, the, the boot camp is a way for you to almost, I mean, is that kind of like establishing the values? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, how do you, what's the agenda Right, no, for it's that? that. So one of them is core values, just what you just okay. said. So I, I make sure that they're clear what are our core values, right? Part of our, I mean, that, and that's not... Part of our core values is making sure we create an environment that's really positive for the employee. So I'll, I say to them, usually at the beginning of every season, that, and this is going to sound contrary to what I think other people would say, <laughs> but who is the most important person in the food chain? It's not the customer. I tell them it's the employee. Because if you guys aren't happy, if the employees are not happy, then the customers are not going to have a good experience. I don't think that's contrary. I mean, you've seen all the data that customer uh, net promoter score is almost directly correlated with employee right, net promoter right. yeah. score. So where did you learn that, number one? And number two, do you attribute, what do you think is the biggest attributor to contributor to you getting to this revenue in such a short period of time? Okay, that was too, that was too much. Uh, <laughs> so the first question was, like, how'd you learn this? Well, so I, you know, I mean, when we decided that we were going to really dive into this business, I, you know, I did a lot of reading and... Um, but there are multiple things that I imagine you brought from the WebMD experience because you were able to reflect and say, okay, what well, worked? Yeah, so I can, so yeah, that's a great, so, so um, you know, we used to have like town, town hall meet every mm-hmm. quarter, um, our CEO... At, you know, at the time would come down and they were pretty transparent. I mean, they let you know like where we were at a sales goal, what we, what was sort of getting in the way, um, where we, where, who was contributing, what new things were coming down the pike, how we were against the competitor. Everyone sort of left that meeting knowing like either one, you know, every, everyone felt like, oh, I've got to go find more money or, mm. or I've got, we've got mm. to, we've got to go be faster on this product. It, it gave everyone, everyone felt like they were, part of the product, which was WebMD. You know, we were, it wasn't just coming in and you can't just, you can't create an atmosphere where you come, you feel like all your employees are coming in and punching in a time clock, so to speak, or Mm -hmm. just collecting a paycheck. If they don't feel invested, and the only way they're going to feel invested is if you sort of become transparent into, you know, what you're, what you're doing. Let me give you I mean, this is a different example outside. And of, I'm dying of, here. Of, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm also the president of the local business guild. And we ha- recently had our annual meeting, you know, and the agenda is always to review sort of the strategy and whatnot. And so I wrote, like, I usually do what I'm going to speak about. And it's, it's like finance. It's all the different sort of usual categories that you would, you would present to a, a membership organization. Um, and I handed it out. I handed my notes out to everyone. Mm. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, and I was literally said, I just want to be really transparent. I'm going to review where we're at, our strategy, our finances. And I've given you all of my notes because your member, you know, they're, they're paying mm. dues. 
And so I said, I feel like I can't do this alone. I need all of your help. So you enlisted you them. And I said, so I'm just going to be transparent to exactly where we are. And I laid out things in a very responsible, sort of organized way. And people came up afterwards and thanked me for being transparent. Interesting. More so than I even thought I was, like, I think in general, people don't, employees or boards or people, you know, they thirst for information. They, they want to know why, right? Especially in an environment today where nothing, you don't know where truth lies, Amen. right? And so if you don't know where truth lies, then you're not going to trust, you're not going to invest, you're not going to go that extra. So if you're transparent and truthful with the information, you know, certainly there's some things you have, you, you know, you have to, sure. you can't share, but you can share pretty much 90% of things, you know, <laughs> and you certainly can share your thinking. Um, and, and that proved to be really successful for, for that meeting. Uh, and then I see the same thing at, at the restaurant, just being transparent. Just this is, this is my goal. This is what we have to do. This is why I chose to do this. And So you're transparent not only on the numbers, but the drivers and the why. Oh. And you talk about, like, I, I, I talked to one of the, the to Kevin today mm-hmm. or yesterday. We've been to the restaurant so many times since I've been here. And I asked him, I was like, well, so what do you recommend on the menu? And he's like, he's, he's tasted everything. Right. And I said, wow, you take, you take pride in t- testing all these things. He said, yeah, because every third conversation is, what do you recommend? Right. And so he's like, I want to be prepared to have those conversations with people. And so it sounds like he's enlisted because of that level of transparency. So in your mind, transparency in any kind of company is power. Um, I guess the power to enlist and the power... Mm. Do you, but do you think it's the reason why you guys have done so incredibly well, you know, not only like growth wise, but margin and, and reputation? Well, so it's like a sort of a two part. One, I think that the transparency in the, in the environment and the shared values and practice what you preach, you know, so I'm, mm. you know, walking the walk and talking the talk creates uh, a solid and reliable workforce. So we've had a lot of repeat. Mm-hmm. staff year to year in a seasonal business that's hard that's huge yeah. and so i know just from the feedback i get that people you know people like working with us even people that we've had to let go for one reason or other <laughs> yeah. will come back and say you know what i just want you to know this has been a great experience and i love you know and respect working for you guys and so that ultimately will hit will if impact your product yeah i mean impact your your bottom line because if well in two ways one with retention, right? It it's less. It causes less waste, less training, less. Right. So that you, yeah. you just from an employee perspective, you're more efficient. You're more efficient, right? right? And they train, and um, and so that so that's great. Um, from a a tra- how transparency impact impacted, impacted your growth, yeah. your growth. Well, so we do. A, I mean, from a, a train, I don't know if it's transparent, but you know, we don't all the in our case all, the product knowledge of the product. So in this case, food beverage right so everyone tastes everything drinks everything we talk about it we have wine classes um, we i describe things to them i've because the more educated and knowledgeable and passionate they can be about the product they can sell better right so mm-hmm. uh so you see that in sales you know so you know if they're confident it's like you're going to buy a car if someone's like doesn't doesn't like the car they don't know about anything about that the comes car out. you're not going to be really yeah. comfortable buying the car right but it's, and nine times out of 10, you know, your customer says, what do you like? Just like you said earlier. And they want to know. And, and, and the worst thing in, in my environment was, well, I really, know, I haven't tasted that. I don't know. Or I don't know. Hey, what is, you know, 
the pork chop like? Well, I've never eaten that. I'll give you, I was reading this in a book. Someone said, so someone said, how's, you know, the, whatever, the hanger steak. And the server says, well, you know what? I'm a vegetarian. I don't know. Well, that doesn't serve anyone, nor does the customer care that you're a vegetarian. So what I tell, and there's certainly this is a vegetarians, great right? Point. So I say to the server, you know what? If someone says that, you say, you know what? That's actually the pork chop is one of the chef's favorite dishes because hmm. they don't really care, you know? So you were saying, basically, it doesn't matter if you're a vegetarian. So how should that person respond? Well, so they should be prepared. I mean, people are going to ask for all sorts of things and the customer doesn't really really care about you personally, <laughs> right. right? What they want is a recommendation. So right. therefore, you should have in your arsenal of responses because you know, in that case, well, the pork chop right. is one of the chef's favorite dishes or, Here's why. oh, Billy, our bartender, the head bartender, loves the, he gets it every time for family meal. You know, there are other mm. ways you can, there are other ways. So it's like if you're using your car analogy, well, how is that? Well, I don't really like that car or I don't drive a stick or I don't, you know, I don't like convertibles. They don't really care. So if you're going to sell it, you've got to like, I mean, in any business, <laughs> there's a certain set of questions you know are going to come your way, right? How's the food? How's it drop? Yes. It's a car. So you, you, I train the staff to say, you know, to, to have responses that actually in, <laughs> facilitate a sale and also facilitate confidence. So I feel like training and transparency has been the two major drivers for you having high repeat uh, employees coming back, hence driving the growth of this business. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess, you know, kind of wrapping up here, you know, you've got people listening who are from different types of companies, all professional Mm -hmm. services. What's the one or two recommendations you would make to them as they're thinking about breaking through a million dollars in revenue? It's a great question. Well, one, I was, what you just said is I, you, you know, you need to invest in your employees and you need to listen to them and understand that they could be coming from all sorts of walks of life and backgrounds sure. and, um, and listen to your customers. But I'd say the biggest, probably the, the number one reason, if you will, that brought us to where we are today was that when we started, as I mentioned, like mm-hmm. we wrote a plan and we were really clear. Yeah. And interesting. Some of why so we wrote it like a business financial plan, but I also wrote, you know, what the customer experience was going to be like, what the products were going to be like. So in this case it was food, hmm, but it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. And then in, and then what the experience in the actual restaurant was. And and I was challenged by people in the industry that said, Well, that's not how you know, that's not you know, that's not how you would set up a restaurant. Because, you know, or you know, they just were challenging based on and I said, you know, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail on my vision. Okay, so I heard three things, and I think this is right. awesome. Because the last point you made is what I observe about you. Is I feel, I feel when I watch you in the kitchen and I watch you prepare the menu, you have a high degree of trust in your own instincts. Right. And I, that's important as an entrepreneur. So, so I would say the three takeaways that I heard are, number one, trust, transparency, and training in the team. you got mm. to invest. Right. And, and even if you're small, you got to find the resources and time to make that happen. The second piece I heard you talk about. So the three takeaways are number one, training, trust, and transparency with your team. You got to invest. Mm. The second piece, I think, which, which really kind of comes to the fore, I mean, would, would you say that it is being accountable around a plan, 
right? Yeah, so be, being well, accountability. Be accountable and staying true to it. And staying true to the plan. And the third is, which I love and I experience, is that you trust yourself and you yeah. trust your instincts and you're an artist and you're a creator and an entrepreneur, but you also really trust in what you bring to the table. And so I feel like those are the three things that have made you successful not only as an executive and senior vice president mm-hmm. at WebMD, but also as the owner and operator and visionary mm-hmm. behind That's right. Strangers and Saints. So thank I you, would agree. Fred, sure, you're welcome. For spending this time with me and uh, allowing me to drink your wine and eat your food. <laughs> so um, I appreciate you. Great, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, if you want to learn more about Fred Latassa, you can check him out at the Strangers and Saints website at www strangersandsaints.com. Again, that's www.strangersandsaints.com. Or they're on the Instagram at strangers underscore PT for Provincetown. And you can check them out there. Follow them on the Insta and on Facebook. All right. Hope all's well. Thanks again for you coming in and uh, look him up. Follow him. Take care.